last day of the year. Boy, it sort of surprised me. It just, I don't know about you, but to me, this year seemed long. You know, some years just, man, he's wow, he's like skipping. I don't know, this year just seemed long to me. Been a good year, though. Something we can just praise the Lord. And we start thinking about that, man. How many years has the Lord waited? Right? And if you think about that, since he came, since he made creation, how long has he waited for us? How long? Anyway, with that, turn to the book of Zephaniah. For some of you, it may be easier if you just go to Malachi and go backwards. Uh, a few books. A little faster. So go Matthew, Malachi. And slide on back. We're going to Zephaniah, which oh, I just got to reading this book and kind of got me thinking about it. The, just a lot of good things that the Lord does. We read these minor prophets of Zephaniah and Habakkuk and Nahum. And as you read their messages, it is just woe after woe after woe with a woe. And I mean, if you ain't got enough woes, there's more woe. And then when you've done something that, God just said he's going to wipe everything out. I mean, it's just destruction, revenge, and violence. Is that our loving God? Yes, it is. Oh, yes, it is. We're going to see that. I'm going to, mostly we're going to focus on chapter 3, but I'm going to have to just real fast run you an outline, um, kind of, a, of the timeline of Zephaniah. It is a very hard time. At the time, we're roughly running between 650 to 600 B.C., and in that time, you have Egypt being a power, and Egypt falls off to power. You have Nineveh. Nineveh is now going to be destroyed. Nineveh was a power for hundreds of years. Now Babylon's coming online. All this is happening between the 650 to 600 at the time Zephaniah is, is prophesying. So the political, political intrigue is phenomenal. Much like today. Exactly like today. But about Zephaniah, when he, he was prophesying at the last time, this is literally the beginning of the end of Israel. Because if you know your timeline, not even 100 years from now, Babylon wipes off Jerusalem. See, Babylon conquers Nineveh, and then shortly after that, by conquering Nineveh, they basically conquered Egypt, conquered everybody. Now Babylon is the known empire. Well, Judah is still a vassal state. At this point, if you, if some of your Bible history, Egypt, we're coming up and following. And then you, you also had the Battle of uh, Carchemish at this time, which was where Babylon gained its power. Well, in the middle of all this violence, all these nations passing through, and they're going up and down Megiddo. And we're going to see also in the time with the last king, the Israel had just came out of 50 years of Manasseh. And if you guys know the story about Manasseh, he was wicked. He was wicked. He was wicked. He sinned more than anybody. He did more evil, more to propagate false problems, gold, bell. He even put idols inside the temple. Well, in the course of this time with all this political upheaval, well, God just took Manasseh out the picture. Gave him a little trip to Babylon, put him in chains. Manasseh humbled himself, and Manasseh got saved. But Manasseh had a son named Ammon. Well, sometimes, you know, the part of the fathers lived their lives too many years of evil. Children follow. Ammon only reigned about four years. The Bible says he did evil above all. He was even more wicked than Manasseh. Even though Manasseh, when he repented, Manasseh started trying to clean up his act. He started taking idols out, temples out, or uh, statues out. He started cleaning up, removing the groves. His son picked up where he left off. Well, in the midst of Ammon, the, the people just assassinated him. They couldn't even tan him no more. Then the Bible tells us that the people made Josiah the king. 
Josiah was eight years old when he began to reign. So this is all happening in this time frame. This is, the, this is what Zephaniah is prophesying through. So when we understand the politics and, and the, um, what the people were going through, I mean, they wouldn't listen to God. They wouldn't listen. They wouldn't listen. And the thing what I'm going to try to point out today as we go through this, it's no different than today. It's no different than today. And if you look up there, you see this, just a little, roughly an outline of the book. But I'm going to read Zephaniah real fast. We're going to just zing right through it. So turn to Zephaniah if you would. I'm going to start at chapter 1. We're going to end at chapter 3. The word of the Lord which came unto Zephaniah, the son of Cushi, the son of Gediah, the son of Amiah, the son of Hezekiah, in the days of Josiah, the son of Ammon, king of Judah. And that's what we're making reference. Verse 2. Here becomes a message. I will utterly consume all things from off the land, saith the Lord. I will consume man and beast. I will consume the fowls of the heaven and the fishes of the sea. Now I'm going to make con as this stuff pops up. You know, when God takes all this judgment, when he made the judgment of the flood and he wiped out all the man, all creepy thing and everything creepy, you know, he left the fishes. A lot of people don't realize that. The oceans were intact. But come Revelation, which is all these are pointing about, when God's judgment come, when God's finally met, we read the oceans are dying. The seas are killed. Everything that had breath died. God is going to literally wipe this whole earth out. And that's what he's saying. This is the, we're going to see lots of these, these forward things and um, um, a lot of prophecies about Revelation. God's coming in his last days. Why he's coming? To judge, to judge the earth. Let's keep going. Verse 4. I will stretch out my hand upon Judah and upon all the inhabitants of Jerusalem. Remember, judgment begins at the house of the Lord. God starts with his people. I will cut off the remnant of Baal from this place. You know, God's a jealous God. He doesn't like idols. And the name of the Cherimines with the priest, and that's an interesting one. The Cherimines are basically the Philistines. It's tracing them back to Crete. But verse 5, just like today, God's going to cut off them that worship the host of heaven. You know what the host of heaven is? In case you're honest. Astrology, Mary, Mary worship. She's the queen of heaven. I will cut up on the housetops them that worship. Let me back up, verse 5. And them that worship the host of heaven upon the housetops, and them that worship and swear by the Lord. Wow, that sounds like God's people right here, correct? Huh? Many, many should come to me and they say, Lord, Lord. Inwardly, they're ravening robe. Outwardly, they look right. See, God's saying he's going to judge. They swear by the Lord. People say, they call on the name of the Lord. And swear by Malcolm. Yeah, right. You know, their heart is far from God. And them that are turned back from the Lord, and those that have not sought the Lord, nor inquired of him, hold thy peace at the presence of the Lord God, for the day of the Lord is at hand. That means any second, any second. For the Lord hath prepared his sacrifice. He hath bid his guest. Wow, where did we read that? Remember Revelation? Marriage supper of the Lamb. And verse, verse 8, And it shall come to pass in the day of the Lord's sacrifice, I will punish the princes and the king's children, and all such as are clothed with strange apparel. Wow, I can't help but read that. Remember Matthew 22? You give the feast, the king comes in, looks all about and says, Who are you? Who are you? The Bible says he was in strange apparel. He didn't have the right clothing attire on. Jesus said, Take that fool. Take that man, bind him, cast him in outer darkness. Cast him in outer darkness. See, Jesus is making references. Verse 9. And in the same day also will I punish all those that leap on the threshold, which fill their mouths' houses with violence and deceit. Just like today. And it shall come to pass, verse 10. In that day, saith the Lord, that there shall be a noise of a cry from the fish gate, 
and from the howling from the second and great crashing from the hills. How ye inhabitants of the Mekesh and all the merchant people are cut down. All they that bear silver are cut off. Wow, you know, this is just start, when you take this and, and start reading with God's judgment, when you read about Revelation, when he's judging Babylon, and he, how the gold, James said the gold and silver is cankered. Remember the Bible says they're going to be throwing their gold away. They're going to cast it away. And, and the whole list in Revelation tells all how Babylon being destroyed and how they feast and all the, and all the things. God's going to cut it all off. Verse 13, therefore their goods, well, verse 12, and it shall come to pass at that time, I will search Jerusalem with candles and punish the men that are settled on their lees and that say in their heart, the Lord will not do good, neither will do evil. You know, people are that way today. We, 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 we're not expecting the Lord to come back any minute. We don't live like we only have this moment. Yeah, we got tomorrow. We got the next day. Yeah, yeah, God's, God loves us all. See, that's the mentality people have. Verse 13, therefore their goods shall become a booty, a snare, and their houses a desolation. And they shall also build houses, but not inhabit them. They shall plant vineyards, but not drink them. So you got your plans, but God has his. Verse 14, this is why the great day of the Lord is near. It is near. This is written 3,000 years ago, people. 3,000 years ago. God says it's any second. Why? Because the day of the Lord is a thousand years. And in the day in God's time, see, it's not our clock, it's his. Verse 14, the great day of the Lord is near and hasteth greatly, even the voice of the day of the Lord. Oh, I like that one. The mighty men shall cry there bitterly. That day is a day of wrath, a day of trouble and distress, a day of wasteness and desolation, a day of darkness and gloominess, a day of clouds and thick darkness. A day of the trumpet when we get called. We're going to hear that trumpet. We're going to hear. See, for us, a day of trumpets. Day of trumpet end. Alarm against the fenced cities and against the towers. Is that what he's meaning? There's a defense cities. Everyone's like Nineveh. Right now, at this time, Nineveh is going to be destroyed in about another 20 years. And Nineveh was huge. Nineveh was a fortress. Nineveh was massive. If you read the descriptions in the walls, they, they, nobody could destroy them. And God even makes prophecies because they, they were snug. They were secure. God's going to wipe it out just like he did. See, they're fenced cities. And the high towers, the high towers where, where, where they put the warning and look ahead and then see. They don't even see the enemy coming. They don't even know. People are going to be blind as a thief in the night. Our Lord's going to return. Verse 18, neither their silver nor their gold shall be able to deliver them. I remember Simon the sorcerer. Hey, can I buy some of that Holy Spirit? You know, people still try to do that. They still think by their offerings. They think by the amount of money they give, by what they do, that they're going to be accepted by God, by your gift. Your gift won't make room for you. God is not a man like us. It's the heart that gives the gift. Chapter 2. Gather yourselves together, ye gather together, O nations not desired. O nation not, who is the desire of the nations? Wasn't that our Lord Jesus Christ? But God's talking. See, nobody wants Jerusalem. Everyone wants to kill them, even like today. Today. Even the Jewish name is a, is a proverb. God said when they're not walking with him, he will make them a proverb, a byword, cast them, smit them. But God's bringing them back. And, and that's what I'm going to show you here. This is the end of the year. God's bringing his people back. God is so faithful. Chapter 2, I'll read it again. Gather yourselves together. You gather together, O nation not desired. Before the decree bring forth... Before the day pass as a chaff, before the fierce anger of the Lord come upon you, before the day of the Lord's 
anger come upon him. Doesn't that sound like any second? Man, I read that and I want to duck under the pulpit. But you know what? There's hope with us. There's hope. Seek ye the Lord, all ye meek of the earth. Wow. Remember Jesus said, the meek shall inherit the earth. Remember the Beatitudes? Blessed are the meek. Blessed are the righteous. See, the meek are the humble. They're God's people. They're the ones that yield and give up their hearts, which have wrought as judgment. See, you want to do right. Seek righteousness. Seek meekness. It may be ye shall be hid in the day of the Lord's anger. Wow, isn't that a good one? What is the rapture? You guys ever wonder what the rapture is about? Why does God going to call the church out, poof, and then all this destruction, the day of the Lord's vengeance is at hand? Why does he call us out? You ever read Isaiah chapter 26, verse 20? God says, come ye in, my people. Come apart. Come in. Let me just hide you from the indignation to pass, the wrath of God. God takes his church out. He's going to take us out because this wrath is coming upon the earth. See, we think God is so mean and Jesus lovely, leak, and lonely on, but the God says, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. This is the same God. There is vengeance in God's heart. Remember when, 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 Je when Jesus first came, when he first announced himself, or, or the first time in um, Capernaum, they handed him the book. They handed him the book. They said he read Isaiah, and he read it. That doesn't come near the Lord. And he stopped short and closed the book. Do you remember what the rest of the verse was? To fulfill the vengeance of the Lord. See, he came as the Messiah, but he left off the part about the vengeance because that's coming later. That's coming later. Verse 4. Here's today's news. For Gaza shall be forsaken. Chapter 2, verse 4. Gaza shall be forsaken. Ascalon to desolation. They shall drive out Ashdod at the noonday, and Ekron shall be rooted up. This is exactly what we're here today. We know the battle right now. Gaza. Here's Gaza 3,000 years ago. God says he's going to wipe them out. The Philistines are going to be wiped out. They're going to be no more. Is this the start of the end time? I don't know. But it sure is the same people in the same place fighting the same battles. Verse 5. Woe unto the inhabitants of the seacoast, the nation of the Cherahites. The word of the Lord is against you, O Canaan, the land of the Philistines. I will even destroy thee, and there shall be no inhabitant. I wish I had time to really go into that, but suffice to say the Philistines came from Crete. So they weren't even the original inhabitants of the land, and now you know, we have the Palestinians and Philistines. They sound the same, but they're not. Palestinian is what Rome called the land. When they tried to wipe Israel off the map in 70 AD, they went on all the records and everything, and they wiped out the name Israel. They literally were erasing the name Israel from the books and changing it to Palestine. So that's where Palestine came. There are no Palestinians. That was a, The world gave that land a name. But the original inhabitants, the Canaanites, descendants of the Philistines, came from Crete. That's why they were the great shipping power. And we started reading through the Bible, expanding through Tyre and Sidon and all the judgment. That's kind of why we see the judgments here. Pick it up in verse 7. I'll just keep reading. I haven't even got to 3 yet. And, uh, and verse 7, chapter 2, 7. And the coast shall be for the remnant of the house of Judah. You know, that's what God's plan is all along. And they shall feed thereupon the house of Ascalon. Shall they lie down in the evening? For the Lord their God shall visit them and turn away their captivity. I have heard the reproach of Moab and the revelings of children of Ammon. Do you know Moab and Ammon are? Anybody? Who? Yeah? Who, who, whose children? Who are they descended from? Come on. Lot. Very good. These are Lot's kids. These are literally... Abraham, descendants of Abraham. 
They went this way, they went that way. But God's making reference. And Ammon and Jordan, this is to the east of this, basically where Jordan is now, modern Jordan, sort of Syria. Whereby they have reproached my people and magnified themselves against the border. Have you followed history of these two? They were, they were battles all the time, always fighting and fighting. And then we, we read, and then between them and the Edomites, every time someone conquered them, they were there to pick up the crumbs, make life miserable, sell prisoners. They, they were not friends of Israel. Verse 9. Therefore, as I live, saith the Lord of hosts. Wow, this is Jesus. Lord of hosts is always Jesus. But why does it say the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel? Because Jesus is the God of Israel. Surely Moab shall be a Sodom, and the children of Ammon for Gomorrah. Isn't that where they originally came from? Remember, they try to flee these places. Even the breeding pits are nettles and salt pits, perpetual desolation. And the residue of my people shall spoil them, and the remnant of my people shall possess them. That's almost come to pass today. Let's keep going. This shall they have for their pride, because they have reproached and magnified themselves against the people of the Lord of hosts. And God just keeps going on and starts telling them the judgment, the judgment, the judgment that's come. Let's pick it up at chapter 3. Woe to her that is filthy and polluted, to the pressing city. She obeyed not the voice. She received not correction. She trusted not in the Lord. She drew not near to her God. Her princes within her are roaring lions. Her judges are evening wolves. They gnaw not the bones till tomorrow. In other words, they just spit you up and chew you out. Her prophets are light and treacherous persons. Her priests have polluted the sanctuary. They have done violence to the law. The just Lord is in the midst. God knows this. He will not do iniquity. God's not a man like us. Every morning he doeth, he bringeth his judgment to light. He faileth not, but the unjust knoweth no shame. I remember, it just made me think of the last verse of Isaiah. God says, uh, there is no peace, my God, to the wicked. Verse 6, I have cut, cut off the nations. Their towers are desolate. I made their streets waste, that none passeth by. Their cities are destroyed, so that there is no man. There is none inhabited. I said, surely thou wilt fear me. Thou wilt receive instruction, so their dwelling should not be cut off. Whosoever I punished them, howsoever I punished them, but they rose early and corrupted all their doings. Verse 8. Therefore, wait ye upon me, saith the Lord, until the day that I rise up to the prey. For my determination is to gather the nations, that I may assemble the kingdoms to pour upon them my indignation. Even all my fierce anger, for all the earth shall be devoured with the fire of my jealousy. For then will I turn to the people a pure language, that they may be, that they may all call upon the name of the Lord to serve Him with one consent. From beyond the rivers of Ethiopia, my supplicants, worshippers, even the daughter of my dispersed, shall bring mine offering. In that day shall thou not be ashamed for all thy doings. Wherever thou hast transgressed against me, for then I will take away out of the midst of thee them that rejoice in thy pride, and thou shalt no more be haughty because of my holy mountain. I will also leave in the midst of thee an afflicted and poor people, and they shall trust in the name of the Lord. The remnant of Israel shall not do iniquity, nor speak lies, neither shall deceitful tongue be found in their mouth, for they shall feed and lie down, and none shall make them afraid. That means fear, no fear. Sing, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O Israel, 
Be glad and rejoice with all the heart. O daughter of Jerusalem. Boy, that's what we need to do. The Lord hath taken away thy judgment. Do you know you're saved? Do you? I mean, again, we. Well, I look at the Christian life. Most people they, they drink lemonade to sweeten themselves up. They have no joy. Forgive me. They have no joy. They're none. They just live and don't, can't even rejoice in God. Verse 16. In that day it shall be said to Jerusalem, Fear thou not. And to Zion, let not thine hand be slack. The Lord thy God in the midst of thee is mighty. Where two or more are gathered, he shall save. He shall rejoice over thee with joy. He will rest in his love. He will joy over thee with singing. Do you know God sings? Do you? Well, what happened the night of the... Um, night of the crucifixion. Remember after Jesus did the swords up, they went out and they sung a hymn. Do you imagine... Singing with Jesus. Can you imagine that? I mean, I sit here, and I remember, about the one of the very first things when I sat first in this church, the very first thing I got was the singing. Because this church sings as one voice. And when you hear these songs, and you're beautiful playing, and you just hear all the people as one voice. When you're sitting up here, Scotty, I know you know what I mean. That was the first thing I got about the singing. The singing. You know, we're going to sing. You know, the Bible tells us at least two times, I believe, in Revelation, they sang a new song. New songs. I mean, they're still writing them in heaven. But there's a new name written down in glory. And it's mine. Oh, yes, it's mine. Verse 18. I will gather them that are sorrowful for the solemn assembly. Who are of thee to whom the reproach of it will they burden? Oh, yeah, some people can't stand the word of God. It's too hard. Behold, 19. At that time I will undo all that afflict thee. And I will save her that halteth, and gather her that was driven out, and I will get them praise and fame in every land where they have put, been put to shame. At that time I will bring you again. Magic word. I will bring you again. Even in the time that I gather you. That's what's happening today, folks. 1948, Israel's gathered back to the land. For I will make you a name and a praise among all the people of the earth when I return back your captivity before the eyes save the Lord. Now through all that, let's open in prayer. <sighs> Heavenly Father, Lord, we come to thank you and to praise you, Father, for another day upon your earth. Lord, as, as we end this year, Lord, it seems like a long time to us, but Father, for you, we know time is short, and it is short for us. Lord, even now, open our ears to hear, Pray for your wisdom, your spirit, and that your peace would be upon us this day, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I got all through that long little introduction just to get us to chapter 3. I mean, chapter 3 is just a beautiful chapter. See, with God's promise that he is, is that it? Click, 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 click. <laughs> click, 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 click. Something happened. Hmm. Uh, well, there goes technology for you. Huh? I was going to click you over to the next slide. But, let me, uh, what was the batteries I did? Something that something one could put. Oh, well, take out your notes. <laughs> we're going to try to get through most of these points as I can, but what, what we're going to first just start out is in chapter three, God starts out with a woe. You know, woe 
is never a good thing. Ever. Woe is just means that. Woe. It's just, it's not good. When God says woe, you got a problem. But let's go through our notes and we're going to start running through here. We're going to see that God says woe, chapter, in, in, in a, chapter 3, verse 1. Woe to her that is filthy and polluted to the pressing city. Wow, what an awful term, huh? What an awful term. You're polluted, right? Woe to her that is polluted. She just, I mean, that's the opening statement. She's not sweet. She stinks. It's like sewage, like cispus. It's just, ill. You know, as, as canker, as sores. So God starts out, woe to her that is filthy. Remember what the Bible, the Bible is saying about, when, um, when God starts telling about how when he gathered Israel together and he, he said he washed them, they were born and they were unclean and their mother didn't want them. But God took Israel as a nation. He chose them out of all the nations. He said, not because they were great, because they were the least. Not because they're the strongest. They were the weakest. They're the dirtiest. They're the there was nothing about them. But God chose them. And we see that it just means out of all this, he's never turned his back on them. He's always going to forgive them. And he's going to love them. And see, the world today doesn't understand that. And as Christians, we have to understand that. The one thing for sure, don't ever, ever fall for the line of replacement theology. There is so much, almost, almost, almost anything Christianity today, literally, minus some of the real old school Baptist preachers and stuff like our pastor and some others, that they say the church took over for Israel. That would never be the case. You, can, you cannot re read this stuff without God coming back. Where does, where does Jesus come back for? Jerusalem. What happens when you see the army surrounded? Jerusalem, 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 Jerusalem. I set my love. I set my flicks. And I set my heart. Sure, God loves the church. But he loves Jerusalem. That's the apple of his eye. That's God. He said he put his name there. God's going to always protect and guard Jerusalem. And that's as we see this in times. Are gonna go, God's going to come back. Right when Jerusalem thinks it's a mess. Remember Jesus, the Olivet Discourse, and he quotes some of Zephaniah. And the Olivet Discourse, when he says, when you see the army surrounded Jerusalem, flee. Go. Why? Because they're going to wipe them out. They're literally there to wipe them out. Remember, the city's going to be ravaged. Women are going to be raped. I mean, the end is here. I mean, it is literally, they got them. It's like they got a Victory's finally at last. The devil's finally going to wipe Jerusalem off the map. And Jesus comes back. Then they look and say, who are you? Oh, well, you recognize those holes in your hand. Let's go on. See, God said he wooed it, and he got it. But we're going to see what, what, why is God calling the city filthy? Why? Much like today, we are just a dirty people. Here's, a, here's how it all starts. And it all started by their actions. It all started by what they did. Yeah, the bummer, huh? I just think the battery died. I'm getting a new result. I'll walk back there and push it. Anyway, what I was going to do is just bring the notes along with some pressure. But we're going to see the practices of the people in, 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 in B, the practices of the people. First thing we got is their rebellion. Because look, verse 2, she obeyed not the voice. The voice. Whose voice? God's voice. You know, God said in Isaiah that he sends prophet rising up early and that you'll hear a voice. When you hear this little voice in the ear, this is the way. Walk ye in it. This is the way we go. You know, God still does that today. Does he impress it to your heart? Have you this morning heard the voice of God? 
Did you? Did God speak to you in some way, shape, form, and press implied and him? Maybe he'll speak to you now. But see, it starts out, they obeyed not the voice. They obeyed not. What's the first thing we need to do? Obey the voice of the Lord. Now we see their resistance. Why? She received not correction. Could you ever try to tell somebody they're doing wrong? Have you ever? This time? Yep. See, Bible says, one, sometimes we reprove not an elder, but when we get correction, we read the word of God and says, thou shalt not steal. Remember when Paul says, oh, you thou not covet, do thou? And remember Paul in Romans, he goes down his list. Oh, you say you don't covet, but I'd not known covet until I'd not learned I don't. So do you? Can you receive correction? Can you receive reproof? Can somebody tell you you're doing wrong? Or do you just close your ears? Like with, remember when Stephen, when, they, the, when Stephen was giving his last testimony, and he started talking all the problems, and he told me, you never obey the word of God. And what did the Bible say? They gnashed on him in his teeth, and, and they stoned him. They killed him. See, they don't want to hear. They harden their hearts. They stiffen their ear. They, they don't take correction. And normally I would have had some verses up there, and you would have been sawing Jeremiah 35, 13. Uh, which would say, see, this is going to save me from turning the pages, but uh, I'll read it to you. 35, 13. See, that these people, and Jeremiah, again, he's running the same time. It's like an expansion of God's judgment. But in 13, thus saith the Lord a host, the God of Israel. Wow, we saw that again. Didn't I just say that earlier? Go and tell the men of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, will ye not receive instruction? Jesus saying, won't you listen? To hearken to my words, saith the Lord. And remember, Jeremiah, this is literally in the same time frame. This is all about this 50-year scan. We'll go 650 to say 600. It's all in there. By 5, with a 575, 80, Babylon wipes out Jerusalem. So we've got a very short window. All these prophets are operating. A lot of this Bible is written in this short window. So God's saying the same thing. Jeremiah's saying the same thing. Habakkuk's saying the same thing. The people won't listen. God sent his prophets. He sent his prophets. He sent his prophets, which we're studying now. But what do they do? We also see their, their resilience on the Lord. They, they don't trust in the Lord. She trusted not in the Lord, verse 2 says. She drew not near to God. Remember God says, draw near to me. I'll draw near to you. See? As we see that, God tells us to seek him. Seek him with all our hearts. Seek him early. Seek him rise. But they didn't. And we think we're going to be any different. Do you think you can go day in and day out and day in and day out and not read your Bible? Do you think you could sit here month in, month out, come to church? And remember God said in uh, Ezekiel, all those people, they, 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 oh, they come to hear Ezekiel. They're coming. People are gathering to hear him. They're gathering around Ezekiel. To listen, oh, they love him. They love his prophecies. His prophecies of doom and judgment. And then they go the way. The Bible said they don't even hear him. They wouldn't even listen to you. Are we like this? See, these same judgments that God put here is the same judgment God going to put on us. We are no different. We are the people of God. And God is, is the same yesterday, and he is the same today, and he is a loving Lord, and he does forgive, and he does love us, and he will provide for us. But at the same time, there's a thing. Remember, Micah said he has shown the old man. He tells us what we need to do and how we need to do it. Your clicker died. Oh. I don't know if it's a battery or not. 
But see, it's because we do not be God. They just sat here. They settled in their leaves. Settled in the mean. What that settled in the leaves, when you read that, that was how they used to purify wine. You leave it settle, and then you, know, you, you let it settle to the dust. All the stuff comes out, and then you just keep shifting it until you finally get it pure. Same so we do that with water. Like the big cisterns of water. What do you do? Let them settle. Let all the impurities come out. But what happens if it settles too long? See, water that doesn't move is dead. Let's see. Are we? Hey, there we go. Ha-ha. See, Jeremiah 35, 13. Um, but we see it starts out chapter, verse 2. They didn't obey. They didn't listen. They rebelled. Right? And we see their response. They, they weren't worshiped. Draw near to her God. They weren't worshiping God. Do you see God? Do you draw near to God or do you run? Do you flee? Huh? Find reasons not to come to church instead of come to church? What do you do during the week? Do you watch TV? I mean, do you have TV on 24-7? Are you one of those ones, what do they say, the average family watches whatever, 80 hours of TV a week? And I'm thinking, I don't know what family, that must be some family watching 160 because I don't even get nowhere near that much. But my point is, what do you do with your time? See, our time is short. This is the last year. But see, God was said back then, thus saith the Lord a host. That's Jesus talking. What's the difference between God saying, thus saith the Lord a host, and Jesus said, come, follow me. Same God saying the same thing. Let's go on. Verse, next round. That one. Verse 3. Her princes. The responsibility. See, their leaders, they were corrupt. And, and as I told you, this timeline, between all the way in here, I mean, they had been, literally been conquered. Assyria, at this point, Israel is no more. you got to remember, the northern kingdom had been carried away in captivity. God trying to warn them. That's when God later on tells about he did all these judgments and no one pays attention. But see, your princes are roaring lions. You know, roaring, roaring lions are mean, huh? You know how the government comes out, they can scream as the government's Rawr! They got teeth, they'll sink in you. The Bible says the devils are the roaring lion. They make a whole lot of noise. They make a lot of noise. But what do they do? They don't, sure don't rule the people. They're roaring lions. Watch this. Her judges. Oh, we don't even go there. Her judges. Or evening wolves. Evening wolves. Wow. I mean, if you think about that, what's a wolf? Remember when Jesus said, beware of false prophets? Beware of false prophets. Beware of them. Why? Because they come to you. Sheep and wolves slew See, Paul tells us, remember when Paul did his last message to um, Ephesus when he's on the riverbank and he's leaving, he says, I know the grievous wolves. They're quoting this passage here. The wolves, when they should be feeding the people, they're eating them. Verse 4. Her prophets. Wow, her prophets. The preachers. Are light. Light means arrogant, rude, rough, undisciplined. They got no class. I mean, you know, the, I'm a vulgar. Are, are light and treacherous, evil persons. These are the preachers. Remember, he started out with the rulers. As the prophet, so is the priest. Much like today. I mean, who, who could we say is America's preacher? 
I mean, once upon a time, the last I know would be probably be Billy Graham, but before that, they had Billy Sunday. But who can we say? Can we actually say America is a Christian nation? I can't. Oh, we try to say we are, but look at the news. Look around us. We're just like this. Our, our princes are roaring lions. They make noise. They devour the people. They don't help them. They eat them. Her judges are eating the wolves. What do we got to say about judge? I mean, ah, you want to know, I'm, I'm, I'll just take a little side road here. I always like this one. Isaiah chapter 3. Turn to Isaiah chapter 3. Isaiah was just a little before this time. Isaiah's on, you know, not too many years in front of Habakkuk. But what it is, Isaiah was telling what's going to happen when God judges a nation, which is going to happen to us, which is why when Solomon, he gives that verse, if my people who are called by name will humble themselves and seek my face and return to me. Isaiah chapter 3. For behold, verse 1, for behold the Lord, the Lord of hosts. Well, that's the same one talking here in Zephaniah, is it not? The Lord of hosts. This is Jesus. He does take away from Jerusalem and from Judah the stay and the staff. That's the power. That's the strength. That's what you're relying on. That's the government. The whole stay of bread, the whole stay of water. Remember God said there's going to be a famine in the land? Not, not for bread, but for the word. The mighty man. Remember, Isaiah, 2, Isaiah chapter 3. Behold the Lord doth take away. This is God removing. Piece by piece dismantling. Just like what now he is actually is doing in uh, Zephaniah. This is what he takes away. He takes away the mighty man. We can't fight no battles. When was our last good general? Men of war. He takes away the judge. See how these judges? God takes away. I mean, I've gone in front of a judge, and I had him literally to my face. Not quote, Here's what the law says. And, and like, it don't matter what it says. This is what we're going to do. And I'm scratching my head. The clear-cut code says. And I'm like, I couldn't even believe it. It happens. Now much less, look what they're doing to President Trump. Or Trump. I, mean, I don't mean to get into politics, but the court. They're beating them with the court. The judges. I mean, you know, you read these rulings. You know they're not right. God's taking away. You think he's not doing this to America right now? Why do you think this is happening to us? See, when I read Isaiah chapter 3, it reads like today's newspaper. Here's what he takes away. The prophet, the prudent, the ancient. We don't even have good, wise people anymore. He takes away the captain of 50. You know, God takes it down to the economy. You want your activists and community leaders? Well, God's in the community. He's taking away even the local leaders. He takes away honorable men. When do you find a guy that just got right? That is so hard. You search high and low. Somebody as honest, you can trust them, shake their hand, and their word is good. When do you find an honorable man like that today? The counselor. Oh, boy, do we get advice, huh? How about this one? The cunning artifactor. Remember we used to say made in America and with pride? Now it's made in junk. It falls apart. The elegant orator. When was the last time you heard somebody that actually knew how to use the English language? They could actually talk and you wanted to hear them speak. This is what God takes away from our country, mind you. Remember that. But, you know, nature abhors a vacuum, right? So what takes its place? And I will give. Well, the Lord giveth, the Lord taketh. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And he took away all the good stuff, and here's what he's going to give us. I'll give children to be their princes. Now we wonder why back in Zephaniah, the princes are uh, roaring lions. A bunch of kids don't even know what they're doing. And babes shall rule over them. Verse 5. And the people shall be oppressed, every one of another. Wow, do we have that going on today or what? 
I mean, we got the black against the white, the white against the black, everybody's against everybody. And everyone by his neighbor. Wow, you can't even talk to your neighbor anymore. And child shall behave himself proudly against the ancient. Boy, have you read First Thessalonians? Huh? There'll be truth breakers, liars, disobedient to parents. When a man shall take hold of his brother. But anyway, let's get back to uh, Zephaniah. See, there's Isaiah just written a little beforehand telling what God's going to do. He takes, he takes, he takes, he takes, he destroys, he destroys, destroys until us, his people, do the right thing and get right. Let's go on. Back to um, Zephaniah. Pick it up at verse 5. Point, um, where we at? Get our next point. The just Lord is in the midst thereof. Isn't that true? The just Lord. You know, the Lord has to remind us. He's not like us. He's always just. He always will do right. The just Lord is in the midst He will not do iniquity. God does. Remember, God said, I'm not a man like you. Oh, he became a man just like us. He became a man so that he would know what it was like. But he's not a man. He doesn't need no one to testify of him. Right? See, he's righteous. He is righteous. Isn't that a wonderful thing? The just Lord's in the midst. Psalm 46.5, you see there? God is in the midst of it. I like this one. Look at Revelation. Same God. Same God. For the Lamb which is in the midst of the throne shall feed them, shall lead them into living fountains of waters, and God shall wipe away all their tears. Isn't that a beautiful verse? That's for us. Amen. That's for us. That's our hope. That's our rejoicing. See, God's never going to leave it. He always has a way. Always leaves a remnant. He's holy in what he does for you. My time up? No, I got more. I thought you were getting a phone call. <laughs> oh, let's see. Verse, verse 5. He's just. He's in iniquity. Right? But let's go on. Let's keep going. He's long-suffering. Wow. He sure is, huh? Yes. Isn't he? Look at the end of the verse. But the unjust knoweth no shame. You know the wicked no shame. And I, you know, I was reading this verse, and it, it brought me back to the day. When I, I used to work for the bridge, and I was a supervisor in San Francisco. Well, I've been more than one time. I had to go to the <clears throat> gay pride parade. I had to work it because, you know, we're on our routes and keeping buzz. So I'm, I'm, I'm there with a million sodomites. Me, right in the middle of them all. I can't believe, you, you can't describe. Shame? It's, it's, it's shame doesn't even work. I mean, you know, look at us. Would, would you walk in this church right now in your underwear? You'd be ashamed. And you still got your underwear on. These people ain't even got underwear on. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I mean, but just... The evil, the wickedness. See, they have no shame. And they wonder why God's going to judge them. We're wondering why we're going to have a tribulation. Why we're going to have this evil. Because God literally does take his blessing. When he pulls the church out, the ecclesia, the spirit is removed. And you got kumbaya time. Kumbaya. Come on, people. Let's all love one another. It's the most man-made religion. Devil has his chance. The earth is yours. Have at it. Meanwhile, we're having supper. But... God's in control. God is in control. And that's what he's trying to tell his people here. All this is happening. All this is happening at the present time, no different than what we have today. There we have verse 5. So, verse 6. 
I will cut off the nations. Their towers are desolate. See, they're not going to see what's coming. They're not going to know. They don't have the advance warning because God's a thief in the night. See, we had the warning. That's the thing. As we read this stuff, we read all God's prophecies. Read the Olivet Discourse. You want to know the signs are there. We just have to read our Bible, and we'll know when Jesus is coming back. We'll be waiting for him. Not the day and the hour, because the Bible says nobody knows that time. Is it going to be the day? Could be. Sort of logic will say no, but I don't know. I don't know God's time. Because right when you think you got God figured out, it took them 120 years, they didn't figure out the flood was coming, right, Pastor? Yeah, that's right. Noah's telling them every day, flood's coming, flood's coming, flood's coming. What flood? What are you talking about? Right. Just like us today. Jesus is coming. Who? Jesus is coming again. Really? Mm -hmm. Okay, sure. No problem. i got to make my credit card payment into the month. See, they only worry about the, the, the life at the moment. I have cut off the nations. Their towers are desolate. I've made their streets waste. None passes by. Their cities are destroyed so that there is no man that inhabit them. God's saying, look what I did. Look. Look back. Remember. Remember, remember from whence you are fallen. Remember. Look back. I said, surely thou wilt fear me. You know, Jesus come on a cross and died, and he thought, surely they will worship. Surely. Surely this is the son Remember the paraphrase that kept sending the prophets and finally um, the uh, parable of the vineyard? Remember? And kept sending the prophets, sending the prophets, finally, and they're killing them and stoning them. Oh, this is the son. Let's kill him. And then it's all ours. It's all ours. And that's what they want today. Why well, you think we had Santa Claus? Kill off Jesus. Ain't got time for Jesus in Christmas. We got Santa Claus. But God said in verse 7, Surely thou wilt fear me. Do you read these judgments of God and realize it could happen to you? Do you? Are you scared enough? I mean, I'm feared enough. You know, a lot of times I don't do evil because I'm feared what the judgment's going to come upon me. Not because I have the desire. Now, sin leads me to desire. Oh, this flesh. I mean, this flesh makes me do things. But that desire. See, verse 7. I was, he would cut them off. So God's saying, people didn't even know, pay attention. Look at the end of verse 7. But they rose up early to corrupt all their doings. Hey, eat, drink, and be merry because tomorrow we die. Let's go on. Pick it up at 8, verse point, the realization, God's future judgment. You know what? Watch this. I like this. God, see, God's telling all this is going to happen and why they're doing it. Therefore, wait ye upon me, saith the Lord. Wait upon me. Wait, I say. Fret not thyself because of the evildoers. You know, it's, I, I do that. Sometimes you look at people. I've had people look at me and think my life is all wonderful. Yeah, get on my side of the fence. You'll find that grass ain't green. i got weeds and all kinds of problems, right? But sometimes we look at people and we see things from a different angle. But God says, wait upon me. Wait upon me. Wait, I say, upon the Lord. And that's what we need to do because why? He's righteous in all he does. The Lord's in our midst, right? It depends it. Therefore, wait upon me. The day's coming. Watch this. I like this. Therefore, the Lord saith the Lord, until the day that I rise up to the prey. Rise up to the prey. You know, God's going to go hunting. Nimrod, he was a hunter for souls. God's been hunting for us. But see, what he's going to do is rise up and pray. He's talking, there's going to come a time. See, God's judgment, remember the Bible says, the Lord is not slack concerning his promises. He's not slack. But he is waiting for us 
waiting for us to acknowledge him, waiting for us to believe him, waiting for us to trust him. Therefore, wait ye upon me, saith the Lord, until the day I rise up to pray for my determination. Now, so many people always look at the Bible, well, I don't know God's will, the mystery of the ages. Right here. It's sometimes if you just read your Bible, yes. it's right there. God's telling you. He's, tribulation is coming. Revelation is going to happen. It's going to come true, every single verse of it. Why? Right here in Zedekiah. God's telling you. He's telling us. For my determination, my plan, my desire, is to gather the nations that I may assemble the kingdoms to pour upon them my indignation, even all my fierce anger. For all the earth shall be devoured with the fire of my jealousy. The fire? Are you kidding me? You read Second Peter? Gonna wipe everything out. The earth is restored. I mean, it, in reserve, God's waiting. He's waiting for us to believe. He's waiting, us, he's waiting for us to serve him. He's waiting for us to take this next year and start walking in his ways, not yours. See, I'm guilty of walking my own ways. I keep doing my own thing. There comes a time sometimes, uh, well, a little, yeah, I won't go to church tonight. Shame on me. Shame on you. See, God says, wait on me. But this is his plan, his fierce anger. Is that guy with that one up there? Yeah. See, his desire is to gather all these nations. And where he's going to gather them? <laughs> Megiddo, the Valley of Armageddon, and Basra. All the armies of the beginning could be gathered on the plain of Jordan. That's when Edom, Moab, and all these promises are going to be wiping them out. Jesus is going to come back. And it's his voice. Remember the Bible says that sword that comes out of his mouth? The voice the Lord, the voice, the day of the voice of the Lord. Why? Because we're going to hear Jesus. Everyone's going to hear him. His voice is going to wipe everything out. I mean, the judgments are coming. The fire. I mean, does this sound like a sweet, loving, warm, kind verse? To pour upon them. Who's them? The world. Remember Jesus said, from the righteous blood of Abel to Zacharias slain behind the altar. And now there's been a few more because you go, you go back into Revelation. You see another Z was killed. On Satan's temple. From A to Z, God is going to get vengeance on unbelievers. And if you don't know the Lord, come, flee to him. One more verse and we'll stop there. I won't make it to the end because I, I love the last verses, but I know that. For then will I turn to the people of pure language. How's your speech? You know, the Bible said, let your speech be seasoned with salt. Just a lot. <laughs> If you were to die today, do you know for sure you're not going to hell? <laughs> what do you say that to me for? Let your speech salt. Salt stings. Salt burns. Salt preserves. Salt heals. Salt. Salt is good. But if the salt has lost its savor. See, we need to be the salt. We need to tell these people, judgment is coming. Hell is real. Now, I get, I, every time I, I get my kids to they, they use the term hella. Every time I hear my kids say that, I said, no, no, no. You don't understand hell. Death and hell is never fool. Never fool. Hell wasn't made for you and me. Hell was made for the devil and his crowd. But all that revenge. But see, God is coming back. And at the end of this verse, look, shall be devoured with fire of my jealousy. Jealous. Wow. Do you know God's jealous? You know, the book, I think it was in Amos or back in, my name is Jealous. That's one of God's names. Jealous. Jealousy is good. Like, boy, my wife is jealous of me. Ooh. Let some lady come looking at me. Bam. 
Man, she's woo! She's jealous. Why? She's protecting her own. See, jealousy is good. God loves us that much. Are you jealous of him? Is your heart and your desire to please the love and the Lord thy God? And I'm hoping as we start this year, see, forgetting those things that God, God says it right here when he goes there. Um, at that time, I'll bring you again. At that time, I will make you a name and praise. I'll turn back to captivity. God says, forget all that. Forget it. Whatever evil you've done this year, whatever wicked you've done, whatever you've done, it's all gone. It's forgiven. We step forward. We started this new year. And with that, stay in the book. I'm looking forward to Pastor's Proverbs. We should almost do that. Almost every month should have a book to read. There you go. Every month. I mean, there's because I mean, Proverbs. I, I got away from. We used to do Proverbs every day. Whatever the day of the week is, that's a book. That's a chapter you read. And I used to do that. I got away from. So I'm glad he puts that back to us. But unfortunately, time got away from me. And I'd love to get to the end of. But Zephaniah, Habakkuk, read your minor <laughs> prophets. They have an amazing story. This book, Zephaniah, is quoted in Revelation. I mean, there's verses in here that are actually going to come to pass. That God quotes in Jesus. But he is coming back. And I, that, forgive me for being blunt, but I saw a bumper sticker one time. And it says, Jesus is coming. And boy, is he pissed. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, no disrespect. But he is coming back in anger. But he's coming back for us. But he's coming back to wipe this world out. Mm -hmm. And if you're part of this world, you get wiped too. Believe ye on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. Heavenly Father, Lord, Father, we praise you and we thank you for another day, Lord. As, as we end this year, Father, we look forward to what you bring forth, Lord. If you would tarry and you do grant us in this room another year that we can gather together and praise your name for all the good things you've done for us. Lord, we know your judgments are true. We know your faithfulness is always there. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for these people, Lord. Thank you for our pastor. And we just pray this rest of this day that your word would go forth with might and give us ears to hear, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And again, with that, I thank you for your time. Sorry, as usual, I always bite off more than I can chew, but better to have too much than too little. Amen. But Zip and I, very, very, very interesting book. But it's also, what a great God we serve.